This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 54. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. On this episode, I'll be going through my takeaways from my interviews this month with copywriting expert Laura Peterson, Facebook ad strategist and affiliate marketer J.R. Rivas, and podcast host and strategist Jan Ilunga. So first up is Laura Peterson. Laura is the uh, host of the podcast Copy That Pops. She's from episode 51 of the Internet Ballers podcast. And uh, Laura and I had a great conversation and uh, some things that I, I thought were cool that she talked about. Uh, were were some items that I thought would be really helpful for anyone uh, who is in the uh, content creation space, Uh, specifically when she was talking about podcasts and what makes podcasts entertaining, but also can be, um, you know, as relevant to someone with a YouTube channel or a blog or anything like that as well. And she said, you know, first, when you're making content, you have to be able to do one of two things. You have to either be able to entertain or be able to educate people. If people come and you've created content for them, they're looking for something specific. And the two things that keep people's attention are either entertainment or education. And really, the people who really do a really bang up job are the ones who figure out a way to do both. Right. They they create something that's educational as well as entertaining. Um, But at a minimum, you have to be able to do at least one or the other. So make sure that whenever you're creating content, uh, you're you're sure that uh, it's it's either at least entertaining or at least educational to uh, to the the target audience. Um, The the other thing she talked about was the importance of learning how to write copy uh, that grabs people people's attention. Uh, Because the thing is, with a podcast uh, or a blog or YouTube channel, I mean, the first kind of introduction you have for to somebody is going to be your headline that you're going to have. Uh, and then it's going to be the description of whatever your, you know, podcast episode is, blog post is, or YouTube video is. Uh, so to get the person to even, you know, watch, listen, or read, you got to grab their attention first and, and being able to write kind of short copy, uh, that's punchy and grabs people's attention, uh, and gets people to, uh, kind of move away from whatever else they were, you know, potentially planning on doing is a great way for you to uh, to be successful uh, in, in, you know, first grabbing that person's attention. So Laura on her podcast highlights a lot of those important copywriting uh, tactics that you can use um, to, to get that, you know, grab that first bit of attention uh, so that you can get people to consume the rest of your content. Because, I mean, honestly, if you can't people get people to, to uh, pre- press that initial play button or to start reading that article in the first place, uh, you, it, there really is nothing else that's going to help you um, to, to get that done. So that's a really important piece. Um, another thing that we talked about was she talked about uh, when she was going through the process of starting uh, different businesses. She said that, uh, you know, before she started her business uh, uh, that she currently has, uh, she, she had a couple other business ventures that didn't work out. And one of the main reasons why her first business venture didn't work out is because she picked the wrong business partners. Uh, she, she decided to partner with two guys and she thought it was all going to be good because they all seemed to want to do the same thing. But when it came to actually doing work, whenever they had deadlines, the only person who had their work done was her. And the other two guys always had excuses and they just didn't get their work done. And so she eventually realized this relationship is not going to work. I can't be the only one uh, doing the work. And so Laura said, you know, she cautioned that if you're going to create uh, a partnership with other people, which is a great thing to do, because it's great to be able to spread that work out, especially if you have different skill sets that uh, complement each other. 
But she said you got to make sure that uh, your partners are as committed as you are and that they're willing to do the work uh, that it takes to build a business because you don't want to find out that you're the only only one uh, willing to put in the effort um, and that uh, your partners are just kind of sitting back waiting for you to do everything. Um, the next thing she talked about was uh, the importance of being willing to hire other people um, to help you to get to your goals faster. So that so whether that's you know an expert or a coach or, or someone who um, can help you to get some clarity clarity on the path that you need to take um, is is you know something that's uh, that's really important. If you if if speed is of the essence, which for a lot of people it is, because I mean if you think about you know, if you're starting up a business, if it takes you, you know, six to nine months of doing things on your own and, and failing and fumbling when you could have hired a coach and got yourself to a higher dollar market, say you're trying to get to a goal of making $10,000 a month and it takes you six to nine months to, to figure that out on your own, or you could have hired someone, let's say even you paid a coach $10,000, which most coaches don't even cost that much, but let's say they did, you paid someone $10,000 for one month, they were able to help you get your business up and running in three months instead of six to nine months, and then you're making $10,000 a month. From there, you already saved, you know, yourself, you know, thirty to $60,000 because you started your business three to six months earlier than you would have if you tried to do it on your own. So they paid for their fee and then some. Uh, so sometimes it's good to, to kind of think of things that way and not only just think about the money that's going out, but also the additional money that's going to come in that's going to be faster than you trying to do it on your own. Um, she also talked about, um, you know, how she hired, uh, hired a coach, uh, and she did it when she was able to see the value in that person. And I think that's something really important to, uh, think about too, because, uh, I think often the reason why people don't want to hire a coach, like I just mentioned that, you know, a $10,000 coach is because they're not ready to see the value of that person. And if you, you know, or, or someone says, Hey, I want to charge you, you know, $2,500 or $5,000 to coach you. And the sticker shock immediately is something that puts you off. You may not be in a place yet where you see the value. There might not be enough pain in your business or you may not see enough opportunity uh, in your business to to hire that person. So sometimes it does take for you to wait until you're able to see that value. You're able to see what the coach can actually do for you. How can they get me up to a dollar amount faster? And maybe you can even talk to that person and say, hey, like, I need to understand this pain. Like, can you help me see it? Can you help me see the value? Uh, and maybe they can help you see a little bit more clarity, uh, see it with a little bit more more clarity so that you can, you know, realize the ROI in your mind uh, quicker and be willing to make that investment if it's something that you want to do. Um, she said that one of the things that her coach helped her to realize uh, was that it was really important for her not to be attached to the way that she makes money and to the timeline uh, for making that money. Uh, and, uh, I think that that's, that's really, really important. And, and someone that, um, you know, talked about that also was Mike McApinlack, uh, who I interviewed on the podcast from, you know, a while ago, one of the, one of my really early episodes, uh, Mike talked about that too. And I think that, you know, Laura, um, mentioning that is really, really powerful because I think often we can, um, we can limit ourselves and not take advantage of a lot of opportunities to make money because we're thinking, Hey, I'm only going to make money in this one particular way, whether it be with, uh, I'm going to make money with courses, but you're not thinking about coaching people one-on-one or there may be some sort of opportunity outside of that realm that you're, you're just not either resistant to it or not even willing to consider it because, uh, it's, it's not in, um, I guess your original, uh, plan, but being open 
to those opportunities is something that can really help you to to make money. And also not being wedded to the time frame uh, is something that can help you to not get uh, discouraged if you, you know, pass a certain milestone. I think too often uh, a lot of people get out there and they set really uh, aggressive goals for themselves. And I think it's great to set an aggressive goal, but sometimes uh, setting a time frame that's too rigid and too aggressive and uh, can help can can cause you to get discouraged if you don't meet it. And then people quit uh, because they didn't meet the, the, the time frame. So, you know, it's good to have a time frame. It's good to have goals. Um, but detaching yourself from that and saying, OK, well, you know, if if for whatever reason it doesn't work out at that time period, it's not the end of the world. And uh, I'm going to keep going regardless and uh, be, you know, dedicated to um, your field, dedicated to your business and uh, keep going until you really make uh, make it work. Um, the next thing that uh, Laura talked about um, was the fact that in order to be successful, um, you have to eventually create processes that other people can follow and also be willing to let go of some of the work and outsource it to other people. Uh, and I know this, this can be hard for a lot of people, especially if you're a perfectionist, you think, hey, I can do this so much better than if I hire someone else. Uh, but uh, or, or you don't want to dedicate the time to documenting the process or training someone else. Um, but you have to be, uh, you know, think about the big picture and that you're limiting your, yourself and your business um, because if you don't hire other people, you only have but so much time in the day. There's only but so many activities you can do. And if you don't document your processes well and outsource, outsource some of that work to other people, usually tasks there are things that maybe either you're not the best at or you just don't like doing um, or just don't bring in the most ROI uh, for your business. And those sort of things that, that can be outsourced can help you to really focus on those those big um, impact, high impact activities uh, in your business and, uh, and help you really move forward quickly. Uh, we also talked about the importance of waking up early uh, and accomplishing your most uh, important tasks first, uh, which I think is something really, really cool to do and something that I really enjoy doing. Because if you wake up early, early in the morning, I mean, this is before, you know, people start emailing you, before, you know, Facebook starts blowing up, before you get on social media, before all these distractions that come into your life, before people start calling you, wake up really early in the morning uh, and, and, and you know, try to get your most uh, important task done so much so that, you know, it, and it doesn't have to be something huge. I mean, you're not going to, like Laura said, you know, you're not going to launch your website uh, one morning. That's something that's going to take multiple days. So don't, don't set yourself up for failure by, by picking something too big, but find some really high impact tasks that you want to get done so much so that when you get those tasks done, you can say, hey, I feel accomplished just by getting this done today. And then you can work on the other things um, throughout the rest of the day. And for whatever reason, if those other tasks don't get done because things come up during the day, you don't feel like you wasted your day. Whereas if you put your high impact tasks for later on in the day and you get bogged down with emails and phone calls and emergencies and whatever else could come up, uh, you might not get your tasks done. You might not feel feel accomplished. Uh, so I, I really like that that strategy uh, for getting things done. Uh, the next thing she talked about was uh, the importance of batching your activities so you're not constantly changing gears uh, and moving towards other tasks. I know uh, multitasking is something that a lot of people like to do, but you know many studies have shown that multitasking actually makes you a lot less efficient, and it's much better to kind of focus on one thing. It's kind of like the um, the the manufacturing um, you know conveyor belt process where you have the one guy who just sits there and his one task is like screwing in this one particular screw, and he does that all day long, and he gets really really good at it and really really quick at it because he's not constantly changing gears and doing other things, and it becomes almost robotic. And you kind of want to do the same thing with your activities, like figure out what are the activities that are similar that you can batch together and knock all those things out. Don't don't keep changing gears and organize your uh, organize and prioritize your tasks throughout the day um, to uh, accommodate that. 
next up is affiliate marketer J.R. Rivas from episode 52. Uh, and uh, J.R. and I had a great conversation um, and we talked about some really cool things. Uh, and, uh, you know, J.R. had a really interesting story. He was talking about how, um, you know, when he first started as an Internet marketer, uh, he did something that I think a lot of people do, which is uh, he had an idea for a business. He saw this um, Tony Robbins uh, video that featured Russell Brunson from back in the day, like five years ago. And in that video, Russell Brunson was talking about how he made money uh, selling potato guns. And uh, he didn't know any tech stuff. And so Russell Brunson just kind of outsourced all the, you know, building a landing page and building a website and all this other stuff to other people. And so JR said, hey, I'm going to do the same thing. So he hired someone to build a landing page for him. And uh, he, he tried to sell some uh, affiliate products using, um, you know, Google AdWords. And uh, he, uh, <laughs> I guess he didn't, he didn't do it the right way. His account got shut down and he decided to quit. Um, and, uh, and he said that that was one thing that now that he's a successful affiliate market that he realized that he, he made a mistake in because if he had kept going from that point, uh, I mean, he was still young at the time. He's so young now. But if he had kept going at that point, he would have five years of momentum Instead of uh, you know just a few a few months, which which uh, is the point he's at now, and he'd be a lot further along in his career. So I think um, you know the important thing there is just like not not giving up just because you have a failure, not giving up because you have a setback, uh, and persevering and keep going anyway. Just find a way around that wall, and and every time you know something doesn't work out the way you 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 want it to, not to think like I'm not good enough or this is not for me, but just like this was just one failure, and I just got to figure out uh, how to do this. Um, and this kind of segues into the next thing that I, next takeaway I had from JR that I thought was cool is he said that, um, you know, that he was listening to one internet marketer who was saying, you know, if you're not making money online and other people are making money, uh, the only thing you're missing is the knowledge and experience. So all you have to do is figure out like, how can I get the knowledge they have and how can I get the experience they have? So whether that's, you know, hiring a coach, taking a course, reading a book, you know, trial and error, and then going and testing those things you know, that's really all you need to do. Cause you know, I mean, really it's like all these people out there who you see, who are making money, who are doing really well, they're no better than you. It's just that they put in the time, put in the work, they got the knowledge and they tested things out. Um, and sometimes, you know, some people do it a lot faster than others. Some people do it a lot younger than others, but it doesn't really matter. You just need to like focus on, um, figuring out how to get the knowledge and being willing to, uh, go out there and uh, and test things out and, and keep being willing to pivot until you uh, learn the right ways to do things. Um, JR said one of the things that he he struggled with a lot when he was first uh, running Facebook ads was understanding uh, consumer psychology. That was one of the things he had to really test out a lot because, uh, you know, he was saying you could take courses and you, you know, read about these sort of things you need to do. But until you actually put it into practice, you're not going to get any better. You're not really going to understand uh, the psychology behind uh, creating good and effective Facebook ads or really whatever else you want to do until you actually start doing it. Um, and so that was the thing for him is, you know, getting in there, really getting his hands dirty and, and doing it over and over and over again until he um, really started to understand it and really started to find find success after testing and failing again and again and again, but refusing to give up. Uh, the last thing that JR talked about that I thought was cool, uh, was he talked about his strategy for, uh, for selling, uh, his, his product that he, he developed. Um, you know, I mean, JR is a pretty cool, cool action oriented guy. You know, he, he, he was, you know, he decided to develop this webinar, uh, for a product he wanted to develop, 
uh, and to get people in the webinar, you know, for like months ahead of time, um, he, he said this wasn't exactly his plan, but I think it was, you know, kind of partly, um, I guess subconsciously, you know, part of the plan was what he did was whenever he would see success with, with his Facebook ads or affiliate marketing, he would post about it in, on his Facebook page and in the Facebook groups that he was a part of. And what that naturally did was it sparked people's interest in what he was doing, you know, because he wasn't trying to sell anything. He wasn't saying, hey, I did this great thing. Click on this affiliate link to learn how to do the same thing. He would just leave it out there like, hey, I just made a whole lot of money doing this thing. I'm, glad, I'm happy about it. And then just left it there. And then people would, would naturally say like, oh, well, this, you know, what, what, what was that? You know, how did you how did you make that happen? And then he was able to share with them how he did it and uh, and get a, a following on social media um, from uh, from that process. And then when he decided to actually create a product, um, he kind of used the same process with his webinar where he, you know, would just post, you know, posted out there. Hey, who would like to learn about this process? A lot of people said, yeah, I would love to learn about that. Um, and then he decided to put a webinar together. And the cool thing that he did is he initially wasn't even planning on selling anything on the webinar. He was just going to do the webinar to kind of get his feet wet with doing webinars. But then once he got a lot of people registered, he decided, Hey, if I'm going to do a webinar, I might as well sell a product. So what did he do? He took, uh, five days, threw a product together in five days, and then had something to sell on the webinar and made $10,000 from that first webinar. And, you know, and, and that's the thing I think is so cool. It's like, he's so action oriented. He, you know, didn't take six months. He didn't take six weeks. He didn't take, you know, a whole lot of time to create a course. He said, I'm just going to throw this thing together in a week, you know, five days and I'm going to sell it. Uh, he dedicated himself to do that. And because he did it, he made $10,000 that he wouldn't have had, um, wouldn't have had uh, otherwise. So I think, um, you know, being action oriented, sharing your wins, uh, and, and approaching people from a, uh, standpoint of, you know, how can I help you is uh, a really good way to, uh, build an audience, get some interest, uh, and get people interested uh, and what you're doing without coming across, uh, as someone who's pushy or, or as a salesperson. So the last person, uh, was Yanni Lunga. Uh, and Jan is the host of the podcast 360 entrepreneur. Um, and, uh, he is the uh, owner of the podcast success Academy. Um, and, uh, he is also the host of the podcast success virtual summit. Uh, and some of the takeaways that I had from my discussion with Jan um, were that, uh, you know, when, when he was, uh, before he got into this whole entrepreneurial journey, um, he was going the route of, you know, traditional, trying to find a traditional job. He went to, he went to, to college and then after he got out, he said, okay, I'm going to go out there and, and find a job. But he had a lot of trouble finding a job. And he realized he was like, you know, it'd be so much better if I had an online business, because if I have an online business, I can pick up. And move my business to another city, to another country, to another state. I don't have to work. I don't have to worry about whether I have a, a right to a legal right to work in any particular country or uh, where my customers are going to be because my customers are online and the internet is essentially um, all over the world. I mean, in, in most places in the world, you're gonna you're gonna be able to get an internet connection. Uh, and so he decided to to set up a business that allowed him that flexibility, which is you know the same reason why I'm I'm doing this. The same reason why I love uh, online business is just that flexibility of not being tied to any particular location, but having the flexibility of moving, um, really wherever you want and taking your business with you. Um, and whether you want to move or not is, is your choice, but it's just, you know, having that option is, is something I think is, is pretty cool. Um, another thing that Jan talked about, um, was he said, it's important to stop comparing yourself to others. Uh, and also important to not, uh, copy other people. And one cool thing that came from that discussion was, 
you know, we, we both recognize that in the beginning, mimicking people who are successful is just what everyone does, right? Everyone will find someone to model and they'll say, oh, I love this person's, you know, podcast or their blog or their course or whatever. And I'm going to, you know, build something similar because, you know, we're human beings. We learn by mimicking other people. But then the important thing uh, from that was just really that um, mimicking, mimicking other people is fine. Just making sure that eventually um, you realize you want to put your own spin on it. You know, you want to put your own personality into it because that is the thing that makes you unique. And that's the thing that's going to make you stand out uh, in the marketplace is eventually like being yourself. And, and that's what's going to really draw uh, your unique audience to you um, and make you really uh, stand out in someone that people want to, uh, people are attracted to. Uh, he also talked about his three keys for finding success with something that you learn. Uh, and those three things were to test it uh, as we kind of talked about before, you know, you learn something, you got to test it out there. You got to get experience doing it. You got to get your hands dirty because you're never really going to understand it until you test it. Uh, and the thing, other thing you said is it's important to track. So you have to track the stuff that you're doing uh, with metrics use, using stats uh, because you want to be able to see what your performance is and know whether or not you're improving with each test uh, over time that you do. And so you can figure out what's working and what's not working. Uh, and then the third thing is you take all that, you know, take all those tests, you take the things you've tracked, and then you use that information to tweak. And you just keep tweaking your process, you learn a little bit more, you ask some other people, you do some other tweaks, and you keep tweaking the thing until you until you finally find something that works for you. Uh, and that process is uh, Jan's, you know, three step process for being finding success with something you learn. I totally agree with that. And I think that's, that's a, a great approach. Um, to take uh, because I, I think too often people will learn something and they don't really take the time to test it out. They don't really take the time to, to track their results and to tweak. They just kind of, you know, do it once or twice and say, oh, this doesn't work and, and don't realize like it's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to just do it once or twice and expect it to work. You're going to have to, you know, learn the kind of the model to follow, but then you're going to have to figure out how do I tweak this to make it work for me personally, no matter what it is. It's just going to always be that way. So just be, uh, be be cognizant of that and be willing to do it. Um, he talked about uh, a podcast uh, and how uh, how cool a podcast was as a tool, um, but how a podcast itself is not a business. A lot of people think like, "Oh, I'm going to start a podcast and that's going to be my business." And he said that you know what a podcast is is a podcast is a way for you to get you know um, get exposure. It's a way for you to get a message out. It's a way for you to to gain an audience. Um, but you have to figure out like, what is the, the way you're going to monetize the podcast, which is really what the business is, right? Are you going to sell affiliate products? Are you going to find, you know, sponsors for the podcast, which is, you know, pretty challenging to do. Um, or are you going to, you know, sell courses or promote, um, your own, your own products through the podcast? Um, and he also said, which was kind of cool is like, he was talking about like having goals and, and milestones, um, for your podcast, if you create it or really kind of any sort of internet business. And he said, your first goal should just be, you know, something small, right? First goal should be making your first dollar, right? Make a dollar, validate your idea, get the, um, I guess that the confidence of knowing, Hey, I made money doing this. It's all possible. And then you move on from there. And then the next step is say, okay, well, I, I know, I, I know I can make a dollar. Let me see if I can cover my monthly or yearly expenses, just the expenses of the business, whether it's hosting or, you know, WordPress site or, 
any plugins that you've purchased or software that you're using, you know, cover the expenses of using those things. And then the next step is, okay, well, let me see if I can make enough money so I have some extra spending money to go out on the weekend or to go, you know, to dinner or do some fun things. Um, and then after that, you move to a point where you're like, okay, well, now that I've accomplished that, maybe I can replace my current income. And you just keep moving incrementally up, up the ladder. And I think that's a really good approach because, you know, as mentioned earlier, I think if you come out of the gate with this, you know, lofty goal of I'm, my first goal is I'm going to replace my income. Um, one, the problem with that is, yes, it can happen, but you're not celebrating your wins along the way. You know, if, if you're, if your first like, you know, goal and milestone is replacing your income, it's like, there's a whole lot of things that need to happen along the way. And if you celebrate those wins and have like some more micro goals along the way, then you'll be a lot more likely to meet, um, and, and accomplish, uh, the, you know, the higher end goal of replacing your income, or even if it's something higher than that. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he kept stressing the importance of being yourself and putting your own personality into your business, because that's the thing that makes you unique. And that's the thing that draws your audience, uh, to you. Uh, and he talked about the importance of integrating all your different business components together to make the most of all those things. So for example, if you have a podcast maybe, and you have a book that you've written as well, talk about your book on your podcast, right? If you have a course, talk about your course on your podcast. If you have a YouTube channel, maybe talk about your podcast on your um, YouTube channel and talk about your YouTube channel on your podcast, right? So you, you're, you're integrating all these different components of your business. So they're not standing alone uh, and they're kind of helping each other uh, move forward and move along. Uh, and he also talked about uh, something I think was cool is is not focusing on things you can't control in your business. So, for example, we keep going back to podcasting because that's especially, but, you know, and this applies to a whole lot of other things, too, is specifically with podcasts. He talked about, like, not focusing on downloads. Like, you don't have control over whether or not people download. Now, you can do things to entice people to download. You know, you can have great content on your podcast. You can encourage people uh, with with, you know lead magnets and reasons to come back and really interesting topics and shows and be on, you know, other, uh, do interviews on other people's podcasts, uh, and do, you know, guest posting or whatever else, but you don't have complete control over it. So he said, focus on the things that you can control, which is making your show good and making it unique. Um, and you know, the rest is just something that the, the, that's going to take care of itself. Um, but stressing over it really isn't going to do you any good because you don't have control over it. It's not something you can, you can make happen. Um, and the last thing that we talked about was affiliate marketing. Um, and uh, he had some really good advice, I think, for anyone who is an affiliate marketer uh, on how to, um, I guess, go about uh, affiliate marketing on a podcast or really any other uh, sort of content creation medium. Um, and the thing that he said was, uh, instead of bombarding your audience with just links and links and links and just saying, hey, you know, this is a product that I think is awesome. You need to go and buy it. He said what's better to do is to just simply, um, you know, tell people like, for example, let's say you're a podcaster and you're promoting Audible, right? What you want to do is tell people that, hey, I just read, I just listened to this great book on Audible. I think it's really interesting. It helped my business out a lot. It's called, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I can hook you up with a free uh, audio book so you can listen to it too. Just go to my affiliate link at Audible and people will be like, oh, this is great because you just made it tangible for them. You just gave them a reason to actually do it 
other than just like go to my affiliate link and hopefully there's a book for you that you want to find. You gave them an idea. You gave them a way to use it. I mean, I kind of equate this to like, you know, when you're when you're selling a house instead of just, you know, having the house, uh, having an empty house in there, you know, most new home builders will, will stage the house with nice furniture and, and, you know, decorations and stuff so that people don't have to use their imaginations. You know, you can, it, the staging helps you see how great it is where if the house was empty, they might not see the same thing. They might not see how awesome the house is. So this kind of helps people, um, out because you, you don't leave them to their own imagination to figure out what am I going to do with this audible thing? You're telling them, Hey, you can get this great book. Oh, okay, cool. Now I really want it. Um, and, uh, the other thing that he talked about, um, was, uh, he said, you can do the same thing with, uh, other services. So for example, if you're promoting, uh, you know, an email marketing service, then you can talk about, you know, a topic surrounding email marketing, like how to do, how to do email marketing the right way on your, um, on your podcast. And then you send them to a tutorial of whatever the email marketing service that you like to use. And then at the end, you provide them with a link. So then that way you show them how to use it. You show them the value, you show them the benefits. Um, and then now they're like, now I have a reason to go and use this. Where if you just told them, Hey, this email marketing service is great. And they're like, okay, well one, I don't really know why I need it. Um, and I don't really know why it's so great. So if you show them why it's great and show them why they need it, then once you, then when you provide the link to them, they already have made that uh, connection in their mind and they can really take advantage of it a lot better. Um, and the, the, the next thing that he talked about um, was uh, when, you're, when you're doing this, when you're doing these um, affiliate marketing uh, reviews of products, you want to be honest about things, right? So you don't want to just say uh, everything's rosy with this product. There's nothing wrong with it. Everything is perfect because every product is not for everyone, first of all, and every product has its flaws. And the more honest you are about saying, hey, these are the things that I like about the product, but here's some other things that I don't like about it, then it comes across as a lot more genuine people trust you a lot more and you know and and the people who it's not for will be grateful that they now realize it's not for them and the people who who it is for they'll say well whatever the the bad thing is that you're saying about it isn't a big deal to me or doesn't matter to me and they'll move forward with it but it just you know it comes across a lot more you're a lot more transparent you're a lot more honest uh and it's just a, a much better way of 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 doing business um not just from a standpoint of you know using honesty as a gimmick but really just because uh, it, it helps you build trust with your, with your audience and it's just good to be, um, you know, honest with your business and it also, you know, helps you sell more things anyway. So it's a win-win. Um, so those are my takeaways from the interviews this month. Uh, so that's our show for today. And as usual, thanks for listening. Um, and, uh, I appreciate you, uh, coming in and listening to the podcast each week. It really means a lot to me. Um, next week, uh, we'll be here and I'll be interviewing, uh, the owner of Simplero, which is an amazing software created by a guy named Calvin Corvelli. Calvin's going to be on the show talking about his software and talking about how he developed uh, the product, as well as some interesting things about his life and, uh, and how he became an entrepreneur. So tune in next week to listen to that interview with Calvin. And uh, you can check out the blog post for this episode, as well as listen to the other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.com internetballers.com and uh, if you have any questions you can email me at michael at internetballers.com again I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing thanks for listening to the internet ballers podcast through our guest stories you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller 
We'll see you on the next episode.